This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Well, it's good to be here with you. I, uh, I read about a new GPS just this past week for those of us that are getting older. It'll not only tell you how to get there, it'll remind you why you were going. <laughs> I'm going to buy me one of those first chance I get. Um, my wife and I live in a 30-foot trailer. I can leave one end of it going to the other end and forget what I was going there for. It's just 30 feet. That's on the outside. Inside is even shorter than that. Well, it's good to be here with you, and so many of you, it's nice to hear you introduce yourselves, and some of you I haven't seen in quite some time, like John O'Malley, but Brother Cole, it's good to see you. Uh, how long we worked together, John? We've known each other 35 years. 35 years, we've known each other. We've worked together a long, long time, 20, 27 years, uh, but I rarely see him. I don't know. He won't come anywhere near where I am. As a matter of fact, uh, both Pastor Godfrey's were going to come this morning, but they're sick of hearing me preach. Uh, oh, actually, <clears throat> during the second chapel this morning, uh, Pastor Godfrey Jr. was called out uh, with a problem. And then uh, Senior was, uh, had an extended stay in a dental appointment. Now, I believe I'd rather be here hearing me preach than go to the dentist. I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't even like their equipment, do you? Zing, 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 and I'm ready to go to the house. That's enough for me. But it is a joy to be here with you. Would you turn in your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Acts in chapter 27. The book of Acts in chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. And I'll begin reading with verse number 20, Acts 27 and verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me. As you well know, Paul <clears throat> had been arrested in Jerusalem. Uh, and for fear of his life was then sent to Caesarea. Spent a couple of years there. Uh, Felix, Festa, Agrippa would all hear from him. And uh, then finally he would appeal to Caesar. I, I, I feel like he knew 
that if Festus had his way, he would be sent back to Jerusalem. And he knew if he was sent back to Jerusalem, he's going to die anyway. And so he appealed unto Caesar because I think it was uh, his uh, ministry long ambition to preach to the Caesar. And uh, so after appealing, of course, he's going to be placed on a ship. Uh, Luke and Aristarchus will travel with him. I, I, I love that. Uh, Luke was a physician. These men were important men. But they were willing to become servants to Paul to be able to go. It's kind of like uh, David, uh, King David, remember in 1 Chronicles 28, he said, Lord, can I build you a house? I've built me a pretty nice one. And the Lord said, no, you've been a man of war, you shed blood, I don't want you to build me a house. He said, can Solomon? And he said, yes, Solomon can build me a house. He said, can I get the materials together? When I played marbles as a boy, we called that fudging. <laughs> Some of you can identify with that. But uh, the thing I like about Luke, Aristarchus, as well as David, is they did not mind playing second fiddle. They just wanted in the orchestra. God give us men with that kind of heart today. Oh, uh, I know we're all big guys, but that's only because we eat too much. This <laughs> is because we're all that important. Say. But uh, thank God for servant's heart. Well, Luke and Aristarchus are going to travel with him. And you well know they get over to Fair Havens and Paul advises them, we just ought to stay right here. Uh, Paul oftentimes will, will write and say, I will come in winter with you. And that obviously was because they couldn't travel up and down the Mediterranean Sea uh, from sometime in November until probably February, March. Because of the storms. Uh, and, and if, if you, uh, um, well, how do I say this? I don't want to get myself in trouble, but, well, I'll go ahead. If, if you ever go on a cruise, you know well that there's a certain season of the year that cruise ships sail in the Caribbean. A certain time of year they sail in the Mediterranean. That's simply because of the weather patterns, hurricanes and storms that come up. And so those ancient sailing vessels couldn't sail up and down the Mediterranean Sea uh, when it was the stormy season, November on, on into the winter. So Paul said, let's winter here. And those, those sailors and soldiers says it's not commodious. Now, my interpretation of that was, there's not enough wine, women, and song here to last us the winter. We want to go to somewhere more exciting. Do any ships sail by Vegas? So to speak. And uh, so the, the soft winds blew from the south, and they said it's time to go. And they ran the sails up and hoisted the anchors and said, let's get out to sea. Paul said, better not. It's going to be trouble out there. Well, they no sooner get out to sea until they're in a storm. Uh, they're going to get a little reprieve uh, when they get behind the little island of Clauda. They'll frap the ship, tied up so the planks won't come apart. And uh, they're throwing the cargo overboard. They're throwing the extra tackling overboard. They're doing everything they can to survive. They're going to be blown out from behind the mountain and head toward, uh, from the island and head toward uh, the, the north of Africa. And uh, that's when we, we find Paul here 
speaking. All hope is gone. Yeah. I mean, do you feel that way sometimes? <laughs> I want to tell you, all hope is not gone. Amen. God's just as much alive today as he will be after November 4. Yeah. Amen. Whatever happens, God's still God. Amen. And it's going to be all right. About the worst thing that could happen to us today is we'd die and go to heaven. Amen. If you saved by the grace of God. But anyway, all hope was gone. And uh, imagine how weary and worn these guys are. Two weeks they've been fighting this storm. I don't, I don't know if you've ever been out in a storm on the ocean like that or not, but uh, it, it, it's no fun. I was out on a shrimp boat when I was a boy growing up and... Um, our bilge pump went out. But fortunately, we had an air-cooled engine, and, and we ran a hose down, and we were pumping. We were in a storm. Uh, boat was leaking, and waves came over and washed the, the uh, little air-cooled engine out. And uh, we got to the, we got to the uh, harbor eventually, and, and the lights were out. We couldn't see where to go. Thankfully, we had a good captain. Finally got in and, and tied up. That's no fun. That was just a few hours. These guys have been at it for two weeks now. Hungry, thirsty, no doubt a lot of seasickness. All of them are uh, very pale green probably. And Paul stands up in the midst of them and says, Cheer up, the boat's going to sink. <laughs> just want to be a blessing, he says. <laughs> but he said, now, you guys remember back in Fairhaven, said, you'd have done well to have paid attention to me then. You know, folks tell you, you you're never to say, well, I told you so. But Paul did. He said, I told you so. You should have listened to me. But he says, I, it would be well if you would listen to me now because I've heard from the Lord. And the Lord said, we're going to lose this ship. Now, the only thing keeping them alive was the ship. We're going to lose it. But Paul said, if you'll listen to me this time, not one soul will be lost. Right. And my soul on earth, those boys believed him. Amen. And uh, so now, with all the tackling, extra tackling thrown overboard, all the cargo, it's not going to make any money. They're throwing the cargo overboard. And uh, they're sailing and uh, they're sounding checking the depth of the water. And they notice it's getting more and more shallow as they go along. And so uh, they decide it's night, we're in the storm, we can't see where we're going. Best thing we can do is throw four anchors over the stern of the ship and hope for morning. So what sails they have left, they bring down, they put the anchors over, and uh, they're waiting for the morning to come. When light finally comes, they look out ahead of them, and they see an island. And it was a good thing they anchored off. Because they could have hit it. And of course with no warning. Not even knowing what direction to swim in. Uh, now they see the island. And, and a strategy is developed. This is what we're going to do now. With what, storm, uh, what sails we have left. We're going to hoist those sails. And uh, we're going we're to get this thing pointed toward that creek. That's coming uh, off the island. And then we're not even going to pull the anchors. We're just going to cut the anchors loose and let the wind drive us. And the bow is going to lodge in the sand. But they said, now, the, the, 
stern is still going to be in water floating and it's going to be pushed back and forth and, and, and the ship's going to break asunder. It says, so when, when the bow locks in, uh, now some guys had already, had already tried to get off with a lifeboat. But Paul said, if anybody leaves the ship, I can't guarantee our safety. And so they're so convinced then, they cut the thing loose and let it fall into the ocean. But uh, he says, now, uh, once the ship lodges, if you can swim, just dive right over and swim to shore. If you don't know how to swim, then take a plank and float on it, because there's going to be plenty of those in just a few minutes. <laughs> and in just a little while, what was it, 276, 286, a bunch of them, all of them are standing on the shores safely. They start gathering wood. Uh, the native people, they're helping them. They want to build a fire. They're cold, they're weary, they're worn, they're hungry, they're thirsty. Paul gets involved. He helps. He gathers a bunch of sticks, and when he throws his on the fire, a snake comes out and latches onto his hand, and he shakes it off in the fire. They said, God couldn't kill him in the storm. He'll kill him with a snake. And they sat down to watch him. They said, he's going to get a fever. He's going to swell up and he's going to die. And we're just going to sit here and watch him. But he didn't get a fever and he didn't swell up and he didn't die. And so they said he was God. You don't have any fickle minded people that you've ever been around, do you? One day you can walk on water and the next day they want to push you under it. Well, Paul was in that situation. And then, of course, he's going to be used of the Lord uh, to bring the gospel to that island. And then three months later, another ship is going to come through, and these guys are going to get on it and sail, and, and Paul is, is finally going to make his way to Rome. If you, if you visit Rome, go to the south of Rome, you can, you can walk over the very same stones that Paul walked on 2,000 years ago. I want us to consider some things for the next couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> Squeezed into the next few minutes. That I think Paul saw of God in this storm. One, his confidence in God's power. You know, sometimes we think the only way God is going to save me is to deliver me from this storm. But you know, God has the power to save us in the storm. He doesn't necessarily have to say, peace be still, to take care of us. He can take care of us in the midst of the raging storm. He can take care of us when there's not a conservative in Jerusalem or Washington. Yes, God can take care of us. He said, Paul said, I, I, I grew in confidence concerning the power of God. Have we lost faith in a God that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us? Paul said to him, be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end. I wonder what life would be like for us if we paid more attention to God and less attention to the storm. He not only had confidence in God's power, he had confidence in God's provision. With or without the boat, 
Paul said, God has guaranteed me I'm going to see Caesar, and in the process, I'm not going to lose a single one of you. Amen. Now, humanly thinking, the boat was the only thing keeping them afloat. It was the only thing keeping them from the ocean. It was the only thing keeping them alive. And yet God said, Paul, I can take care of you without the boat. Don't have to have it. He had confidence in God's providence. Here are these people on this island that had not heard the gospel. Storm is raging. God looks around and he says, well, would you look there? i got a preacher floating around out in the middle of the Mediterranean. You really think you ended up where you are by accident? There was a time every one of us believed, I'm where I am because God led me here. Did he change his mind? If he did, leave. He said, well, I don't have anywhere else to go. But if you love the people that you are preaching to every week, if you don't want to be there, the most uh, amazing, wonderful, marvelous thing that you could do for them is get out of the way and let somebody come that does love them. He said, I tell you, I got some of the worst people in the world. If you have people, you do. <laughs> but you probably have some of the best in the world too. Amen. And if they, if they did not need you, there'd be no purpose in your being there. Yeah. Think about what God puts up with us. The providence of God. He knows exactly what he's doing. He had confidence in God's protection. The Lord said, no one will be lost. By the storm or by the serpent. Now you know, as well as I do, Paul would not have intentionally tested God by going into the storm. Nor would he have tested God by looking around the island trying to find a snake to handle. I, I tell folks, you know, my dad, he was wonderful, but he was a disciplinarian as well. And uh, if you had told me when I was a boy, go pick that rattlesnake up by the tail or sash your daddy. There would have been no competition there. I'd head straight for the snake. I had a lot better chance with the snake <laughs> than I did with Dad. No, God does not want us to test him. But he said, hey, I want you to relax a little bit because I'm going to take care of you. So back when I, I pastored, I was... I was so mean. Yell and scream, spit five rows back. And a pastor friend of mine said, they're going to run you off one of these days. As I look back on it, they should have. As a matter of fact, pastor, the second pastor that came in after me, he got concerned about copyright laws and music being taped and so on. And so all of our services were taped the entire service. And uh, I had about 1,500 tapes there, and he called me, and, and he said, 
you know, I'm really concerned. I said, are, are, you, are you asking me if I'd be offended if you got rid of those tapes? Well, he said, yeah. I said, you'd be doing me a favor. <laughs> I know, I know we put up with a lot, but our people do too. God bless their hearts. I've got to tell you, I've been, I hadn't been at this as long as some of you. Uh, but if I can make it to the third Sunday of January, I've been preaching for 50 years. God's people have been good to me. God has been good to me. If, if he has called us and put us in the ministry, the last thing on earth we ought to do is murmur and complain. Amen. What could I have done in life that would have been as wonderful as this? Amen. I preach and God's people provide for me. The truth of the matter is if I could afford it, I'd pay them to let me. Amen. Amen. We, are a, we are a blessed people. I remember sometime back in the 1700s when I was pastoring, <laughs> oh, we had a Christian school. And they had a big Christian school meeting in Washington. And the, the principal and I, we went. <clears throat> we checked in this hotel. I can't remember the name of it. it, it was, well, it was the kind that you take your luggage to the room and a guy comes with you and opens your bag and puts your things out for you and hangs your clothes up and sets your shoes and says, if you need your shoes shine, you can leave them outside the door and we'll take care of it for you. And it was that kind of place. Well, we went into the room, the school principal, he fell down on the bed and he said, oh my, I wonder what the common people are doing now. <laughs> I said, they're working their bottoms off to pay for this room. That's what they're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. For these 50 years, everything I've eaten, God's people paid for. All the clothes I've worn, God's people have paid for. The cars I've driven, God's people have paid for. God forbid that I should be ungrateful. Amen. God provides, and then he says he had confidence in God's promises. In the 25th verse, he said, even as he told me. Look at all these promises. All of these promises. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Over and over and over and over, he makes promises to us and he's kept every single one of them. I'm saying to you this morning, the boat might very well sink, but it's going to be all right. God is going to take care of us. He's going to keep every promise he's ever made to us. We ride the old ship of Zion through some tempestuous seas, but one of these days she's going to cast anchor on the shores of our eternal home. 
We're going to step off on streets of gold and live in the presence of God forever and ever unto the ages of the ages. Our future is pretty bright. As bright as heaven. Oh, what a glad day we have in front of us. So I might be talking to someone today that you feel like, oh, my ship's going down. I want to assure you, you're going to be okay. It might be uncomfortable. You might be going through something, as, as Brother O'Malley mentioned, or it's, it's painful. Uh, I've, uh, I've had both hips replaced. One of them, I was only 51 years old. Uh, that was last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it was supposed to last 12 to 15 years. I'm in my 19th year. And for the last three weeks, it's, it has been hurting. But the other one isn't. Huh? My shoulder seems to be all right. Heart's kicking along pretty good. As far as I know, my liver, if I quit taking Advil, it'd probably be a lot better off. Of whatever woes we have, we have an awfully good God. Amen. We have the privilege of living among the most wonderful people in the world. Think about this. In all of these years of ministry, I've not had to go out to a job and listen to cussing and nasty jokes and innuendos. This is the crowd I hang around with. I get to go to church every day. Hang around the Lord's people who are dressed right and act right and most smell pretty good too. We are a blessed bunch. Let's revel in that. And by the grace of God, let's give the Lord's people and Him the very best we have. Might not be much, might not be as much as someone else, but it's what we have. Yeah. Romans 1, 15, Paul said, as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel yeah. to you there at Rome also. Yeah. How much is that, Paul? He said, much as in me is. Yeah. Are you as bold as Simon Peter? <laughs> Probably not, but as much as in me is, I'm ready. Amen. Do you have the oratorical skills of Apollos? No. But as much as in me is, I'm ready. Amen. Do you have the love of, of John? I wish I had that kind of compassion. But I don't, but as much as in me is, I'm ready. Amen. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we all just said today to the Lord, as much as in me is, I'm ready. Amen. Quit hiding behind excuses. Amen. I wish I could preach like so-and-so. Well, won't you try preaching like you? Amen. Wish I could teach like so-and-so. Might be a better idea you just taught like you. Huh? Yeah. You know you're the best you God ever made. Yeah. And you're the worst anybody else. I read years ago, if you're not you, who's going to be? It'll be like you never existed. I'm afraid sometimes we look into the mirror and say, oh God, you made a horrible mistake. When we know God has never made a mistake. Never. It could be that some of us have accumulated some cargo over the years we ought to throw overboard. Could be that some of us have hung on to a lifeboat 
just in case this does, doesn't make it all the way to the shore, I could be, it would be a good day for us to just cut that lifeboat loose Amen. and just rest yeah. in the Lord. Yeah. You ever seen people uh, flying on an airplane, airplanes taking off, and they grab hold of the seat and, and kind of push <laughs> as though they're going to help the airplane <laughs> get them off the ground? Uh, you remember probably the, the story of the, the farmer that he didn't have a, a wagon and so he had to walk to town, got some feed for his animals, threw it up on his shoulder and was walking back home. A neighbor came along with a horse and wagon and he said, neighbor, could I give you a ride? And he said, I'd appreciate it so very much. So he got up and sat down in the seat beside him and still had his feet on his shoulder. And the farmer said, you can, you can put that in the wagon. Oh, he said, it's enough that you'd give me a ride. <laughs> you can relax in the Lord. He loves you. Amen. Let's pray together. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would stir and cheer our hearts with the reality that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and God's Word has had an impact on your life, as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.